Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host, Tom Quee here. Today we are looking at Low Man's Lyric. We are getting further and further, gradually, uh, you know, through this back catalogue. I actually calculated today out of interest. I have this basic, this grand Excel sheet that has all the songs, the dates the episodes are going to come out, the guests if I have them booked in. And I finally sort of finalised it on this um, slightly dreary Sunday here in Oxford. And it looks like the last song I'm going to do will be on the 15th of June 2020. That will be You Really Got Me. So we've still got a long way to go, but uh, I hope you're enjoying the ride. If you're not familiar, Familiar. It's me going through every single Metallica song, normally with a guest. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please follow us at MetallicaPod. Please get in touch with me, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. Don't necessarily have any emails to get into the day, but always happy to read them out. Uh, we're on Patreon as well, patreon.com forward slash Alpha Metallica. If you want to support the show, episodes like this go on there first. I've got some cool stuff coming up as well, various episodes that will be on there first for you guys who support. But um, as I see, as I say, it's not just me, it's with a guest. And today, John, how's it going, sir? Good, mate. How are you? I'm, I'm very well. And you um, you started in the Ride the Lightning era, so a bit more a seasoned fan, is that right? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Do you know, it's funny because uh, I started one at school, but I changed schools. I used to go to school in Hagley, which is near Birmingham. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was listening to things like Duran Duran, would you believe right. it? Um, and then I moved I moved over to Ledbury in Herefordshire. Mm-hmm. And everybody was into uh, into metal stuff, so I started off with like stuff like Power Slave, Iron Maiden, yeah. and and then Metallica, Ride the Lightning. Um, so and then I went into deeper stuff like Slayer. So I, you know, I really dived in, you could say. Yeah, and what was the first experience? Was that just someone in Ledbury show telling to listen, or? Well, I think yeah, it was really. I, I mean, I guess at the school they sort of shared tapes, mm. and uh, there was a, there was a music room, and so suddenly I became interested in music. Um, I started playing drums a bit, played guitar a bit, and then they were playing this music, and I was saying, well, what's that music? And, uh, you know, before I know it, I'm sort of learning how to play Fade to Black. Um, so it, it was a great experience. I mean, I'd, we don't share music like that anymore, which is, no. which is, quite, which is quite different. But, um, yeah, I mean, did we pay for any of it? <laughs> no. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, it, it was great because I was just exposed to all of this stuff, and it was, you know, it was very experimental. You know, you get into um, things like Voivod, for example, mm. which, is, which is pretty out there. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, it was a real, I just, I, I just think it was such a good time in terms of music. It, it really was. And like, so going forward then master justice, this is real time for you. You got them when they yeah. came out or. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Real time. Um, and I, I just look back in terms of, you know, what albums were there. So I'd, I'd already been, I, I was really into Iron Maiden. That was probably, that was pretty where my core was. Yeah. I liked uh, I liked Ride the Lightning, and it's funny actually because some of the American uh, it, on YouTube you always see the American side of it. Um, you know, this is a this is a, a band starting out, creating a new wave, and they always reference, of course, England. And I suppose Iron Maiden were one of the bands that they reference, and so I, I'd got very deep into Iron Maiden first of all. So when I came to Ride the Lightning, I didn't see it as oh, this is a band that's slowing down. I, I just sort of, this is the kind of thing that's expected. And I really like the difference between you've got sort of the classical side almost, and then you've got this hard edge rock. And I, I just love the fusion of all of it. So I, I, so my take is a little bit different. And I suppose that's also where I would go into, like Rain in Blood got uh, launched that year with Slayer, mm. which is just, it's so, um, there's so much stuff. And one of the things that I really love about those kind of albums are is it's so complicated. You know, you can listen to it once, you haven't got a clue. You've got to go back again and again. And then there's sort of hidden gems that you sort of uncover. Megadeth Peace Cells came out that year as well. Oh, so um, and it was funny because um, 
I didn't know at the time. I thought that was a new band. Uh, I thought that was their first album. Had no, you know, this. Mm-hmm. I'm at school. This is kind of pre-internet days, yeah. and it was, uh, it was, you know, just swapping tapes around. Um, and and uh, so for me, this was amazing. And when I heard um, the first album, the first Megadeth album, I sort of, it didn't, it wasn't nearly as good as as P Cells for me. No. But uh, you know, and that's got softer stuff on it. It's got heavy stuff, but it's it's also it's very. Um, uh, it's very complicated in terms of all the way that it's arranged, and and then and then um, Master of Puppets came out, and that was uh, that was amazing for me. That was sort of when I started to buy records, um, and um, I, it was just a phenomenal album for me. Just blew me away. And Master of Puppets, we always used to call the Batman song because uh, the, <laughs> right? the bit at the start it sounds a little bit like Batman um, uh, in terms of the way that it, it's yeah no 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 y'all can hear that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we'd, we'd call it the Bat song and and it was really funny and again no internet or anything like that um, I heard about Cliff Burton when he died hmm. but the way that I heard it was that he'd got drunk he'd fallen out of a window and got run over a bus right. so it, the, the, the way that information sort of came it was sort of by word of mouth as yeah. opposed to um, you know any in, in internet stuff and I guess it was coming from uh, you know, one of the six formers had bought Kerrang and they'd got the information, but we were hearing it and sort of, you know, the, uh, in the school, uh, you know, sort of play area, you know, the playground mm. or something. And and so we didn't hear things in quite the same way. And then, of course, I realized uh, how serious that uh, that was. But I, I, it was great. And I, I, it was great how the band suddenly started communicating. So I remember um, just before And Justice for All came out. Um, I'd listened to, I can't believe it, but on Radio 1 they had Lars Ulrich and he was taking us through the tracks right. and he was talking about the, you know, how they were arranging the songs and how they were looking to, and it was all about this complexity uh, in terms of arrangement. Um, and that to me was just, you know, I just loved it. It was just fantastic. And you feel that Bob Rock kind of diluted the band in terms of that complexity? Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I, it, I, I'm going to say yes. And I'm going to say no. I think Sorry. I think I started listening to your Alpha Metallica, and it was great because you know I just listened to it in the car, and I thought, well, that's just great. And I don't know, it just it just kicked something off inside of me, and I went that that black album, <laughs> and and, uh, and then I sort of you know all those things in in my head. But I mean, I, I think probably in terms of the way that your memory works is probably uh, not the same as you actually lived in. And I think probably what happened as I went into that, I remember I was working part time in a supermarket while I was studying. I remember when the Black Album came out and I just wasn't so switched onto it. And I, I think the first thing was for me is that I, I was never into um, anything that had got children in it because I was always looking for, uh, you know, if it was a Harry Potter for it, this is before Harry Potter, yeah. it was Harry Potter, so I'm not switched onto it. And so here you've got this sort of, this first song and it's a, it's about children and it's about nightmares and dreams. And I'm sort of thinking, this is Metallica. These are the guys that, are, you know, my heroes type of and, thing. And it has the voice of a child in it as well with the Lord's Yeah, and, it, yeah. And, it's, and it's sort of come down and um, I went backpacking and I bought it as a bootleg. Um, and I honestly thought at the time that the bootleg had just got like parts of the songs on it. And so I actually got around to buying it um, a couple of years later and I realized, no, that was the album. Uh, the album was like that. And so all of this, all of this complexity and all of this sound arrangement, uh, all of that had sort of gone out the window. And um, so it was a bit, that was a bit of a shock. I mean, there are some fantastic songs on that album, particularly the slower songs. They're, they're amazing. They're really good and they're very long. But in terms of the metal, I just love the riffs and the differentials of the riffs and the speeding up and the slowing down and just that it's, uh, you know, they're, they're making things that are just more than just songs. Um, and I think that to me is why I still listen to Master of Puppets today because of, you know, it, it's, it's epic in the way it is. Whereas, 
um the black urban for me is it's kind of um you know it's kind of bite-sized really you, you you can take it you can leave it you can have it in the back of the car or it's not really an album to, for me to get really deep into no it, it does feel very coordinated in terms of its composition it certainly was an assault on the mainstream in many different ways and that's where that that trimming came from i totally understand that i mean the song we're dealing with today low man's lyrics from reload and load and reload are kind of you know integral to each other inextricably linked what what were your thoughts on this progression uh, the load reload era <laughs> well i said the the song we've got is probably the most unmetallica that you yeah. can probably get in the, in the whole collection i would so say so yeah uh, I, I mean, I think I, I sort of tuned out of Metallica a bit. Um, and I think Metallica also tuned out of themselves, really, after the Black Album. And I went into stuff like, uh, I, I mean, I, I come from near Starbridge and there was Pop Will Eat Itself and um, Wonder Stuff. And I would sort of I mean, get D- into Diamond that. Diamond Head are from Starbridge, right? Are they really? I believe they are. Right. Yeah, because we, we mentioned them before on the show. And I, I used to go for swimming you lessons know, there. Yes, you're, you're right. Yes, you're yeah. right. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 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 uh, uh, so I, I sort of tuned out. I tuned out a little bit, and mm. um, it was funny. It wasn't until the um, what was the one album they did with the orchestra? S and M. Yeah, they did S and M, and I thought, oh, Metallica. And I watched that, and I realised there's a whole bunch of songs that I haven't really listened to. And I load. I, I kind of remember when Load came out, and I, it starts okay, um, but. I, I got really switched off to it, and it's it's it was really strange. It, it's almost uh, as if you've been ill, you've had food poisoning, and you can't go back to something. Right. Load was a load was a bit like that for me. Um, but reload um, the first few songs, it starts out really punchy, and um, I'm thinking, yeah, this is you know this is like the Garage Days revisited type of sound. I, you know, I really mm-hmm. like this. Um, it's got some twists and it's got some turns, but it, it's really funny that the Low Man's lyric um, I think is a really great song, and and I've always liked it, but it's almost like because uh, they, they're sort of you know work hard, play hard. It's it almost I almost have visions of sort of a Sunday morning after a very heavy night. Sort of James sort of sat down and sort of wrote it, and uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's a it, it's a it's a really really different song. Whereas the other tracks on that where they're trying to be different, it, it just doesn't quite pull off. Um, but that song does. No, I agree. Yeah, it does feel somewhat from a James solo record. There's not much Metallica really in Low Man's lyric, and you know mm. one of the one of the reasons is it has a hurdy gurdy in it, which a lot of people who have listened to the song, yes, that's what that weird sort of bagpipe, uh, you know, phrenotic instrument early on. For those who don't know what a hurdy gurdy is, it is a stringed instrument that produces sound by a hand crank uh, rubbing against the strings. The wheels basically like a violin bow, and single notes played on the instrument sound similar to those of a violin. The melodies are played on a keyboard above that presses tangents, which are small wedges, uh, typically made of wood. So this sort of opens a song. You hear it in the beginning, you hear it in the end. It's kind of throughout, but there's different instrumentation that kind of layers above it. Mm. And the hurdy-gurdy is oddly popular in Western music as well. It's been on quite a few things. Um, Arcade Fire, for example, use a lot mm. of hurdy-gurdy, especially on Neon Bible. Richie Blackmore uh, in Blackmore's Night. I mean, he's obsessed with sort of classical ornamentation, so it makes sense. Uh, Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page could be seen playing a hurdy-gurdy and the song remains the same. Uh, apparently sitting in front of his 18th century manor. Uh, people may be familiar with Gallows Pole from Led Zeppelin III. Uh, often he plays that on mm. hurdy-gurdy. Sting has been known to play a hurdy 
hurdy-gurdy from time to time. Brendan O'Brien, who we've mentioned on the show quite a lot, you know, the famed producer of sort of Audio Slave and Pearl Jam and Springsteen. He plays something on a Springsteen record. So what, what do you think about the use of this instrument in Low Man's Lyric? I don't, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, because it's, it's just almost, it's so out of character for them. I mean, I, I know if you, if you see the, the, the Bob Rock videos that they've got in the studio, He's encouraging them to try all of these different kinds of things, mm-hmm. and I, I can only think at some start at some stage he picked up a hurdy gurdy and thought, mm, "That sounds all right." <laughs> and, and then, and then you know, he he because I, I I suppose also um, YouTube is a great place. I've got to say, um, if oh you want to if you want to learn about stuff, um, but just some of the the sort of um, the traveling with Metallica type videos that there are, or the story of Metallica. Um, you sort of hear from James a bit in terms of how he writes music. Um, and you can just imagine, oh, he's got this and he's probably parked it somewhere. And then then he's sort of seen this instrument and thought, oh, those two things can go together. Um, but it seems like he's just sort of gone off by himself and he's done it and he's put it together. And then he, he's come up with something that's, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, it's got a very warm, like it feels almost like you're in some sort of, I don't know, Italian plaza or something. And this guy's just cranking yeah. it along. It is completely <laughs> out of character. It does underscore the absurdity of the track, but it complements the vibe. And the vibe I would define Low Man's lyric as mm. is very Skinner-esque. I mean, to me, this song sounds a hell of a lot like Tuesday's Gone, which obviously the band mm. covered as well. It has that sort of timbre. Uh, James is counting us in. He's humming with these arpeggios that he's playing that are very soft. I mean, the instruments sound mm. terrific on this mm. song. And I, I, I like a lot of the playing, you know, a lot of it feels very Hendrixy in the verses, you know, very tasteful, mm. very warm, Axis Bold of Love, Little Wing, that sort of idea. And um, yeah, it, it, it's probably the most anomalous Metallica song, I probably agree with you. Even Say Anger, I don't think there's anything like Low Man's <laughs> Lyric in their back no, catalogue. No, and it, it's quite an interesting, the lyrics are quite interesting to listen to, because mm-hmm. he's sort of saying touch my vein, it's almost sort of, you know, am I still alive? Um, yeah, yeah. A, and, lot, and... a lot of people see that as drug use, but a lot of see that as like just checking his pulse. I mean, you really can read into these lyrics, which I think, I mean, it's called yeah, Low true. Man's that's Lyric, it's kind of asking you, you know. And, and you know, maybe it's the state of the band as they were, because mm. they, they'd kind of the way I look, I mean, if you look in terms of um, where they are today and where they were, you, you can either say they were experimenting or they lost their way a bit. But it, there was a bit different. And it might have been that he was a bit of a low ebb. Mm-hmm. And he was sort of saying, well, you know, I, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to change. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm still here type of thing. Or I am still here because I'm, I'm going to keep going type of thing. I mean, in terms of the structure of the track, it's a very long song. Um, you know, mm. Reload the band like to indulge these ideas this is the you know second from last song here at seven minutes 36 seconds we then have attitude in the middle which is symptomatic to me personally of the terrible excesses of reload i think it's a very empty obnoxious song uh one Mm. of the earliest songs we covered on the podcast i can't remember the guest but go back and check that one out and then fixer fixes eight minutes 15 which closes the Mm. record but Mm. In terms of movements, though, there isn't necessarily too much going on here. You know, I think the song very elegantly changes key and changes tone as we go, you know, from major to minor. And we we have James really singing on this song and the song sort of comes back on the final choruses and it feels more more powerful as it it moves on. Mm, But... mm. 
you know, uh, you you spoke earlier about, you know, the complexities. And Low Man's Lyric isn't really that. It's kind of a verse, chorus, few instrumental breaks. But I guess it doesn't need to be for what it is. Yeah, yeah. It, it's more it's more focusing on what the sound is. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of, it's taking you through it quite nicely. Um, yeah. And But it's funny, like, I, I love that song, but it, Mama, which is another song Mama on said, Load, yeah. I cannot listen to that. I just, I just can't yeah, get I, into that I at tra- all. I trash that. We were sort of recording <laughs> this in advance, but uh, yeah, I uh, shout out Kevin Van Dam, who you know, great song. Yeah, I don't like Mama said at all. I think, I think the chorus melody is just very saccharine and weak. But I do like Low Man's lyric. I have to say, I do enjoy this. Yeah, track. It's, it's it's almost like I can imagine myself at sea. Nothing's moving really very fast, but it's. You know, it's it's. I'm just in tune with it, and it's yeah. going, and I, yeah, I like it. Yeah, there's something very nautical chill. about this song, actually. Now that you say it, yeah, I definitely do feel that. And I should say, David Miles is on the hurdy gurdy. I couldn't mm. find any because I was thinking, okay, if David Miles on this, surely this is some elite musician that Lars found that is like this mega name. Uh, apparently not. I mean, he did play bassoon on some Zappa records, but he's right. not even like on YouTube much. And there's a guy called Bernardo Bigali who's similarly quite obscure who plays violin on the track as well so that you know and when you listen to the song as it goes through and i think they did this successfully on load and reload they employed the multiple guitars and there are lots of lines going on mm. there's, there's, a, there's a density it's, it's quite a nice space to occupy i think you know like you say you just sort of you you take the the ebb and flow of low man three mm, has mm, a very mm. natural beat yeah yeah and it's almost a relief because the few songs before like you say are a bit over the place <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah so the song i mean does have skill as it as it twists forward there are lead breaks as i mentioned but they're not mm. what i would necessarily call solos they're just kind of you know uniting these parts the drums mm-hmm. sound massive the drums sound like from a fucking Mr. Big record or Ricky <laughs> Rocket from Poison. Like they just, you know what I mean? They just have a sort of um yeah, yeah, yeah. to them. And I think, I think the song is, is, is really, you know, recorded well, has a meditative yes. feel. Um, it is, it is quite indulgent though, in the fact that like the last minute is just sort of the hurdy gurdy and the riff. There's nothing really go. There's nothing we haven't heard before, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I, it's just, like I said, it's just, it's a nice tune and you mm-hmm. can just, sit back and just enjoy it and yeah. and i can hear it in my head now yeah yeah it's, it's great i'm gonna listen i'm gonna play it after this it, um, <laughs> but it's it's uh it's just it's just a nice tune um uh, uh almost like you know almost like if you're playing a game sometimes and there's a nice tune in the background mm-hmm. and, and it, it's going along it's you can just listen to it and i go with it and i, I really like it whereas I find myself with some of the tracks on the on the album before I'm I'm fighting to listen to it. I'm almost I'm almost getting ready to press forward. But on this one, no, it, it's you know I'm going to say nursery rhyme now yeah, or something. But yeah. it, it's it, it, it's just soothing. I, I, you know, it's enjoyable to listen to. It is very soothing. The da 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 da. Yeah, it is. It is like yeah. a sort of sort of lullaby. Like if if you know if I was in some euthanasia clinic or something and the morphine was being injected, <laughs> like if, if Low Man's lyric was played, it would it would relax me. And you know, it's mm. anchored around James saying, "Please forgive me." And a few people will get to a bit of feedback at the end of the episode on the Twitter um, because people have been effusive about this song. I didn't realize how many people really? actually. Yeah. People love Low Man's Lyric, which is, you know, not surprising to me. I just didn't think it was Mm -hmm. one of those numbers. Like, you know, I'm quite in touch really with what people think about certain songs. And this has been one of the most surprising where people have been going, you know, over the top. And a lot of people saying uh, James getting in this sort of Waits bag, his Tom Waits bag. And a lot of these images are here, you know, the trash. Yeah, that's a good, yeah. Yeah, Tom Tom Waits, that's a good reference, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, as as I mentioned a million times on the show, my first podcast was about Tom Waits. I'm obsessed with Tom Waits. It was actually his birthday 
birthday two days ago. So, uh, you know, best wishes, so wait. But um, the lyrics themselves, though, let's focus a little bit on those. Um, what were you reading into them? Well, I, I didn't read I didn't read the suicide um, bid onto it. No. I just read that here's the guy that has lived his life. He feels that within society he hasn't quite done it right, and mm-hmm. so he's asking forgiveness. So he's he's trying to be like other people, but um, it says something like the the dog has gone out in the rain again, or something like that. And so he's not going to change, but he he I suppose he wants to agree to disagree. Um, but then there is this thing in terms of um, he he's not sure if he's alive or not, and this is where it's. Check his vein is a funny expression, but yeah. I, I think I think it's more about checking the pulse than it is mm-hmm. than it is. You know, I'm putting I'm doing drugs and stuff because that's not really that's not really him in terms of in terms of that. I don't think. Yeah, and I mean the idea of fighting your own demons as well, and often being your own worst yes, enemy. Yeah, that, that's uh, more. Yeah, because I, I do I do love the twist, um, the about face that he has at the end. So the early lyrics talk about the dog at the back step. You know, he must come in from the rain feeling obliged to that. But then, so if you, the final lyrics pretty much are, you bring this poor dog in from the rain, though he just wants right back out again. And, you know, even some acceptance, yeah. some form of recovery is doomed. Uh, hardwired to self-destruct, as James would say on a later album. Yes. You know, yeah. that, that sort yeah. of idea that he'll explore uh, throughout the record. And, yeah. um, and, and, yeah, as I say, I just as I've been listening to this song the past week or so, as as we happens with most songs on this podcast, apart from Mama said, uh, they grow on me. You know, uh, I I learn to love them more and more, and I just like James's. I don't know his vocalisms, like the way he sings "Alleyway" yeah. and "Yeah," and you know he's really <laughs> relishing uh, this new environment melodically to yeah. occupy. And um, yeah, and anything more to say on Low Man's lyric? Well, well, yeah, you said you said Tom White, so I I just scooted through my iTunes and like i could sit it i could see it sitting on rain dogs mm, yeah uh, yeah well, mule, mule I variations i can definitely hear it on yeah, yeah it's uh uh that would because uh, it's 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 a bit quirky as well which is yeah. um yeah, um, I, but, I don't uh, think Waits has ever. I mean, Waits has had so many weird instruments. Like he was, he was very <laughs> influenced by Harry Parch, the hobo that would invent his own instrument stuff. I don't think he's ever mm. had a hurdy gurdy on there. So that's something Metallica have over Waits. Wow. Yeah. so there you go there you go <laughs> what more can you add to that <laughs> but um i mean going back through old issues of so what and stuff their their magazine um you know often the band members would list what they were listening to and newstead yeah. and hetfield would always say whatever weights was out that would that would always be on their top 10 so i know they're both huge fans themselves but yeah the song you know contracts and relaxes it has emotion all of mm. its own and for the band as well um, it's one they've played quite a few times. They've actually played it 65 times live. Um, we did the Bridge School Benefit episodes with John, and I think they yeah. they definitely covered it on one of those. So, But they only played it 65 times within less than a year period. So they debuted it at the Bridge School, I believe, in California, October 18th, 97. Wow, okay. And they last played it in San Diego, Cali, uh, September 13th, 98. And for us, John, they actually played it on Virgin Radio uh, in London on November really? 14th. Yeah, 1997. I can't find any audio of this. There are pictures on the website showing them in some sort of ramshackle Camden studio. I don't know where the hell they were. But um, yeah. yeah, they did Low Man's Lyric, Four Horsemen and Nothing Else Matters. Nothing Else Matters would go onto a bootleg called MTV, called Metallica Unplugged. It would open that. Yeah. The other two songs I can't find, but everyone listening to the show, I know you're going to send me the link, so I really do appreciate that. Is this a song you'd like to see them bring out live again? Yeah, I think I thought earlier you were going to say it was on Jules Holland or something like that. Um, no, no, they did but, Mama uh, Said there, but not this one, though. Oh, what a thing. Yeah. <laughs> 
history could take? have been different, couldn't yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be really, it would be quite a cool uh, one to listen to. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be almost cool if they did like a, a, a dare I say, it, an acoustic style set with that. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I'd love to hear it live. That'd be a great song. Yeah, I mean, I know that like um, Foo Fighters, and I don't really want to mention on the band on the podcast because they suck. But Coldplay, I know that they <laughs> they do this thing where they'll do like a heavy set, and then they'll do like five or six songs where they get in the middle of the crowd with just them and their instruments yeah. and stuff like that. And Metallica never really do yeah, that, but I... it would be cool if the, if they did something like that. I mean, Cunning Stunts has something a little similar where they've got the light overhead and it's just them pared down, but it's not them doing it. But, but yeah, I would like to see them do Low yeah. Man's Lyric. Um, you know, there is lots of footage online of them playing this song in various permutations. There is actually, you mentioned YouTube before and being a great bastion of learning. There is mm-hmm. footage, there's two minutes of James and Lars writing Low Man's Lyric. Wow. I think it's from like, year, not year and a half in their life, but one of those sort of documentaries around the time. I mean... Yeah, okay. James is rocking the rat tail. He's just ex- you can hear you can hear it being played in the background of the song. How he's saying the tracks are dubbed and the hot mix and blah blah blah. Lars enters with like two mugs of really ornate hot tea as well, and they uh, wow. they listen together. It is a real insight. And Lars actually says to the camera, "Why do we write such long fucking songs?" And then um, and then it cuts to. Um, like a real, uh, you know, taste, tasteful, like 20 seconds or so. Um, we just get a bare glimpse of it, of James and Lars riffing out the song. And it's a lot heavier. It's them basically playing the verse. Oh, riff, okay. but it just sounds a bit more grit, a bit more Waylon Jennings, a bit more yeah, dirt yeah. under the fingernails, you know, whereas this is slightly more sanitized. But that's not to say that it isn't produced well, um, Low Man's Lyric. But as I said before, at Metallica Pod, I, you know, opened up the discussion there. What do mm. people think of the song? Uh, Carl said, great lyrics, great vocals. Feels like it drags, though. Hurdy-gurdy equals St. Angus snare. I'd give it... Uh, <laughs> no, no, that's too much. That that's is too much. much. <laughs> that is too much. Uh, it gives it 7 out of 10. Metal like your podcast, shout out to Clinton Ethan, just simply say love it. Steph says great song. Hetfield's Cowboy Hat says my favourite song off Reload. Uh, Rye over at Sabbath Bloody Podcast, which again, anyone that's mildly into Black Sabbath and loves great music pods, listen to Sabbath Bloody Podcast. It's a fantastic pod. He says love it. Lyrically and musically, one of my faves. Also, as much as the punchline as the hurdy-gurdy is for Reload haters, the instrument has a lot of character. It sounds raw and dirty and is the perfect accompaniment for such a beautifully sparse guitar and percussion part. What do you think of that, John? Yeah, I agree. I agree agree and it, it just carries through the song very nicely you know you you just roll with it it's yeah. it's just really nice to listen to yeah and pim jicken saying absolutely adore this song john hon saying hetfield exploring his tom waits meets the chieftains i'm not familiar with the chieftains but okay cool cool comparison <laughs> i'll have to check that out um, i'll have to look me too yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um and then Gary uh, McCorn saying very underrated song as well. So um any any final thoughts on Low Man's lyric, John? No, I just think I, I was thinking sort of from a live scenario. I remember do you remember MTV used to do the unplugged type session? Oh, of course, yeah. I, I, I could see them I could sort of see Metallica sort of doing that. You know, like in the same way they did S and M was to really hype it up. This would be to sort of bring it down and sort of um you know, in your sort of living room sort of type uh, you know, feel. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, yeah, it, it's a great song. 
It is, it is. And just checking on Wikipedia now, the Chieftains are a traditional Irish band formed in Dublin in 1963. Their sound, which is almost entirely instrumental and largely built around Yulian pipes, has become synonymous mm. with traditional Irish music, and they helped, uh, they're regarded as helping popularise Irish music across the world. Okay, cool. That is a nice comparison there, John. I'll have to uh, mm. check yeah. that out. But as, <laughs> all, as always, we close with a few quick-fire questions. So, um, which is your favourite Metallica song? Uh, I'm stuck between two, um, but I think Battery. Uh, is yeah. my uh, is my favourite uh, with helpless following um, um, oh. very uh, very closely. I think battery because um, uh, did you ever watch Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? Of course. Um, they're in the search for um, you know the, the best music and the music is the key to the universe and everything. And uh, battery just starts with just the most perfect um, sort of classical intro that mm. then builds it up into a rock god sort of status. Yeah. And then you just have a riff, which is just, you know, it, oh. uh, you know, I can only just play it even now. And yeah. uh, it, it's just so fast. It's so tight. Um, and then and it, it, I love it because they play with the speeds on it. And you, you've got some nice sort of slow bits and then you've got real yeah, sort yeah. of solo uh, in it. So battery for me. Um, if I'm driving down a fast lane, uh, helpless is just great. Yeah, Helpless is helpless is terrific. And, and shout out to Brad Blazik as well, a single podcast fan who joined me to do Helpless. That was a really good episode. But yeah, Battery is incredible. I love the fresh riff at the end. The dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, it's just absolutely unforgiving. Um, and Ryan joined me on Battery as well. That was a good episode. What about your favorite album of the band? Uh, I think it's got to be Master Puppets. I think mm. it's got to be. Uh, it's got to be for me. Um, I, I think that the it was, it's funny, actually, because Black is... is Definitely not. I mean, it's one of those albums that's okay. There are some great songs on it. Um, if I go to, I, I remember um, uh, when they brought out um, Saint Anger. Uh, I, I thought, wow, they're coming back. <laughs> they're coming back because the sound is coming back. Yeah. Um, and it's it, it's not a bad album. Um, but then the latest album, I think, well, the last two albums, I think, have been really, really um, fantastic. Mm-hmm. But Master Pups, Puppets is just is just something else. Um, and I think I think they would. It's not just them. I was as I was saying earlier. You got you got Slayer, Rain in Blood. You got Megadeth, Peace Cells, um, uh, a bit lower somewhere in time on Iron Maiden. But mm-hmm. you just had some fantastic, amazing stuff, which I don't think any of those bands have recreated um, no, since then. No, no. Somewhere in Time, brilliant album. So, yeah, they so good. They were just all in sort of, you know, they were it, they were just uh, they were just all so pumped, feeding off one another to an extent, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But it it's just uh, they're just all really good epic albums, and um, I, I have to say this sort of um, these anniversary albums that come up have been really good to listen to. Um, and I, of course, I bought the Master Puppets. The Unjustice one has just come out. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, I mean, I, I suppose I lived through the the Master Puppets to Unjustice yeah. and. and there was that sound difference uh, in it, and uh, the instrumental. I think it's uh, "To Live Is to Die." Um, mm-hmm. It's not. Qu- it's not quite as good, although there's some no, complexity not. to it. Yeah, it just yeah. doesn't. Ha- it's missing the cliff um, bit, which I guess at the time I didn't really understand uh, that until um, sort of much later. Um, but the, but the feel that he's put into that with them, it's it's just like chemistry. It's kind of it kind of works and. Um, um that's you know i i, I listen to master puppets at least once a week i'm sure yeah it, it's it's just such a it's just such a great album um whereas the others are sort of you know they'll, they'll sort of come and go in terms of my playlist and your favorite member of the band that's changed over time mm-hmm. um 
I think really because uh, if I started when I, when I was at school, you know, it was Lars that I heard first and that was on the radio and then reading uh, articles. And he was just, I, I realize now how much he communicated to people and how into the music he was. And um, uh, some people say anal about it, but actually when I was a kid and I was listening to him talking through these new songs on the album, for me, it was fantastic. It was just I was getting insider knowledge in terms, of, and I was hearing these things for the first time. I, it, it was just really, it was like Christmas. It, it was so exciting. Um, uh, then um, later, as I, I sort of got into guitar, um, uh, Kirk influenced me, and it's partly through his products. I've, I've got a Kirk Hammett um, ESP right. uh, guitar, um, and um, I, so I, 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 so I listened to Kirk, and then. Lately, I suppose the last two albums, really, um, it's where I've seen more of um, James. And I've been really, really impressed uh, when I've seen him talking about his life and, and talking about how he built songs and uh, that stuff. So I would say probably uh, these days it's James because um, I'm, I'm much more rhythm guitar than I am <laughs> lead guitar. Um, and uh, I, it, it, it's fantastic. There's some, there's some great – there's one uh, interview he did in Guitar Centre and he starts off with battery, and it's just... Uh, oh, is that quite a recent one? I think I've seen that. It's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like a year or something. But yeah, it, um, I love that video. It's so good. And he, He's great, and, and he just talks about how shy he was and how he couldn't do anything. And then they talk about this aggression uh, that he had. And then you hear other people talk about that as well. And then you talk about, he talks about how music helped him um, sort of through that. And you can see on some of the old interviews, you've got Lars sort of talking... Uh, you know, like crazy, and James mm-hmm. sort of says a couple of words, and yeah. uh, you know, he almost says he's gay in one. Uh, I think in one interview, right. um, but but I, 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 because he's just he's he's trying to he's he's nervous and he's uh, trying to make fun, but he, he, the bottom line is he's really nervous. But he, you didn't think that, and you know, when as I grew up, you know, there was he he broke his uh, he broke his arm, and uh, he'd been doing skateboarding, and uh, um, uh, I, I remember when they introduced. Jason Newstead, um, Lars did most of the explaining. Well, we picked we picked him because of this, and he's got a plectrum. He doesn't he plays differently, yeah. but you know this is really cool. And they introduced him. I didn't see the bullying side of it until like the YouTube um, stuff. I mean, on stage with James and uh, you know how they treated uh, um, him a bit. But um, I, I think I think. Uh, uh, James is uh, is is um, he, he's an amazing guy and and just he, anyone who who's interested, I would go on YouTube and I would listen to his uh, interviews and stuff. They're, they're quite fascinating. They are. They are. I mean, his appearance on Joe Rogan was terrific. Yeah, yeah, it? absolutely. That was yeah, brilliant. That was a great episode. Um, what about seeing the band? Have you seen them live? Not a lot. Not as much as I would want to. Uh, I saw them back on um, and Justice for All. That mm. was um, that was in um, that was in Birmingham. And, oh, that's, uh, where was that in Birmingham? Because I mean, that's, that's where I'm from. Oh, okay, NEC. Mm. So that oh, the NEC, uh, nice, yeah. And I got the program and I took it to school. And ah, <laughs> oh, who who supported? Uh, it was Metal Church uh, at the oh, time. Cool. Um, cool. And do you remember? I, I don't know if you know Metal Church. They've got a uh, they've got a. Um, uh, They've got a um, there's an album. It's uh, something the dark or something. Mm-hmm. But there's a song in it called "Watch the Children Pray," right? And it sounds just like Sanitarium. Okay, <laughs> you listen to it. It sounds just like Sanitarium. Um, it's got the same sort of um, din 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 din. I'm, I'm not doing right, it very right, well. Right. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know what you're getting. The, yeah. uh, the chorus is a bit different, but it, the whole kind of song kind of sounds the same. Uh, okay. 
which I don't know whether that's because they were touring together or, or, you know, or they, or it was pure coincidence or the influence came from somewhere else. I don't know. Yeah. That was uh, September 29th, 1988. Okay. Well. So hell, hell of a long time. We were looking at the set list now. Fuck me. Blackened into bells, into sanitarium, four horsemen, harvester, eye of the beholder. Like you got, <laughs> am I evil on the second? Yeah, it was, Madness. It was, it was, yeah, it was it was it was brilliant. It was a friend's mum took us. Oh, nice. <laughs> Shout out um, parents, man. Yeah, so we got taken there and then and then picked up uh, afterwards. But that yeah, was brilliant. And you know yeah. the stage. Uh, you know they got the um, justice, uh, the liberty uh, justice uh, lady mm-hmm. behind, Doris, and yeah. um, then she sort of she sort of collapses and the stage sort of breaks. Mm-hmm. And you think, Jesus Christ, was that supposed to happen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, Did yeah. you see them beyond that. Sorry, so then? Do you see that them any shows beyond that? Yeah, then I, I, I didn't see them until um, St. Anger uh, tour. Um, and where did I see them? That was in London. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't remember where it was exactly. Right. All I remember is I couldn't hear for three days. My hearing didn't come <laughs> back for three days. It was that loud. Um, and then I tried to watch them on this tour and I... Uh, I had to go to Italy. I had to go to Milan on business that mm. week. It was on in October or something last year. Yeah, it was last year, October. And it just clapped. The two dates clashed. So I had to be out of the country. So, and there's, and I, I've missed, uh, they're doing like a, they're putting on like an extended tour or I don't know, second leg tour. Yeah. And I've gone and, I've gone and missed that. So, um, I do want to see them again, though, I have to say. Yeah, they're in Manchester and London um, in June, I think, June, July. I think most of the tickets have sold out, actually. I'm not going to be able to get to the show, but, I mean, yeah, if if that was possible uh, for you. And I guess, finally, John, if you were to do a podcast like this, what's a band that you could confidently do it on? Oh, that's a question. That's a question. I, I'd say probably Maiden or Slayer. Mm. I, 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 I think there's a few Maiden podcasts out there. I don't know if there's a Slayer podcast. That would be very cool to hear a Slayer podcast. Yeah, Slayer. I think Slayer would be really interesting in terms of, especially Jeff Hanneman as well. Yeah. Because, um, like, I, I didn't really, you know, I mean, I, I saw these guys on one side as a bunch of pissheads. Yeah. Um, on another side, they produced an um, unbelievable uh, music. Um, it, it kind of, I think, a bit like Metallica. They kind of lost their way a bit and have, have come back again. Well, of course, they're finishing it. They're doing a finishing tour yeah, now, yeah. aren't they? Um, but just understanding how they sort of work together and um, how they pull this, the riffs together um, and stuff, that would that would be um, quite interesting. Because um, I, I think technically some of the stuff they've done is just is just amazing. Guitars sometimes are a bit – the solos are kind of a bit way out there for me. Yeah, but, I know what you mean. Uh, but, uh, it, you know, I, Rain in Blood is just, is just a masterpiece for me. It just yeah. – uh, it, I, there's so much stuff in there it's kind of no wonder they kind of ran out of ideas after a while because there's just so much on it yeah um, i remember um went to a, a guitar show in birmingham with my friend many years ago and we got there early and they were giving out these secret like martial cards that got you into this show and we just sort of grabbed them and it was kerry king doing a little show for like 30 people like a clinic oh, wow. and he was just playing slayer riffs and talking and you know he's a very sort of friendly personable yeah. sort of guy and you could go up and you could play his guitar on his rig and play riffs and stuff no and I, 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 I didn't go up myself but a few kids went up there and they struggled their way through angel of death that's all i'm gonna say it was uh it was pretty it's pretty chaotic but but yes a slayer podcast i really i really like that idea and um 
I guess finally, you know, everyone down below in the comments, let us know what you think about Low Man's Lyric. If you guys want to come on the show as well, get in touch with me, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. As I said at the start of the episode, I am sort of finalising this list. So I have got tons of episodes opening up kind of in the ends. So no remorse is available if someone wants to jump on for that. Um, no poor Twisted Me as well. Um, we got uh, the Ronnie Rising medley purify so we you know we got a cool few songs available but again those won't be for quite a long time um itunes patreon any way you want to support uh, john what about yourself is there anything you'd like to promote no no i just came on just as a fan really and i just thought it was really interesting to do i, I don't normally do these type of things so uh, i thought you sort of awoke something within me and that's why <laughs> i sent an email but um no very happy I, one thing i was going to say though is um I, going through my, I just looked through my collection in terms of stuff somebody might be interested in, but there was one band that, um, and it's only one album, they, they did two albums, but there's only one that's any good. Um, it's a band called Crumb Suckers, and okay. it's called Beast on My Back, which was released in uh, 87. But that's a, that's a great listen. I mean, they sound like a band to me that could have really gone places, but I, if you listen to their other album, it, it's kind of nothing like this one. But Crumb Suckers, Beast on My Back is well worth listening Crumbs- to. Okay, I've just found them on Spotify right now. I'm going to add that into a playlist and listen to that later. Crumb Suckers never yeah. ever heard of that band they've got 2,000 streams on spotify every month so they are somewhat <laughs> yeah uh from new york right purveyors yeah, of metal and hardcore but it, okay, it's, cool. but it's the it's the beast on my back album the, the other one is 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 absolute rubbish but this one is great yeah, yeah, one... There, there was a guy there was a guy in our sixth form i mean he's like he was like um three years above me hmm. and uh he was getting all of this stuff uh you've never heard of and this was one of them um but i've i've had a tape of it and i've put it on my computer now it's on itunes i bought it on itunes about a year ago um but that's a really good album yeah the album cover's great as well it's just all of them sort of looking out (laughs) miserably um they look kind of glam and new wave but i'm getting the music's like hardcore so um okay crumb suckers beast on my back this is the reason i do the podcast to get these recommendations so people out there go and listen to that record as well thank you guys as always for listening we will of course be back next week what do we have got mama said next week that i mentioned before that i trashed um this episode is actually being released also on christmas eve so happy christmas to all alf metallica listeners and your friends and family and all that we will be here for the entirety of 2019 and the majority of 2020 um again subscribe patreon itunes but john thank you again sir thank you happy christmas to everyone